Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast coming to you from the Macedon Ranges here in regional Victoria on a beautiful Monday, the 28th of August, 2023, the final week of the month of August. And uh, pretty soon, uh, it is springtime here in Australia. And uh, springtime means AFL finals time. So we've just wrapped up the AFL season after 24 rounds, and uh, there's been a number of clubs that have been probably punching above their weight, and it's also fair to say there's been a number of clubs that have not fulfilled their potential. So there'll be a lot of supporters and uh, members of clubs that are licking their wounds today because a lot of these teams did not fulfill that potential, which is going to make for a long, long summer as uh, as we wait until March for the new season to begin. But as they say in AFL footy, when one season ends, that's when the new season begins, and the AFL final starts in two weeks' time. So eight teams battling it out for the Premiership. So August to be a phenomenal uh, season, a final season. So uh, hopefully uh, my team, the Melbourne Demons, manage to uh, get through, and hopefully we get to see them win a Premiership here in Melbourne, because the last time they won one was in 2021 in Perth in the middle of lockdown. So uh, trust you've had a weekend that has been phenomenal wherever you happen to be. If you happen to be in Australia, uh, you probably know all about the footy. If you're not in Australia, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, hopefully you've enjoyed a great uh, great weekend and looking forward to getting into this week. So before we jump into today's podcast, just wanted to remind you, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please press subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening on, uh, but if you're on the Apple platform, simply press follow and that will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be listened to, to be absorbed and hopefully implemented on your quest to become an exceptional sales leader and in the process helping your team drive exceptional, sustainable but also replicable results. And if you're doing that, if you are going to subscribe, it would also be phenomenal if you could make a comment and leave a rating as well because it makes it easy for others to also find this particular podcast amongst the hundreds, if not thousands of different podcasts that are available across the various different platforms. That would be greatly appreciated. So as we get into the brand new week, uh, a topic that I love talking about you to sales teams, but also to sales leaders is this, uh, this adage that too many sales teams and too many sales leaders find it uh, too easy to default to talking all about themselves, their company, their service, and certainly their product. Now, I've been absolutely privileged over the last eight years to have worked with and continue to work with a number of all great organizations, some great people, some fantastic sales leaders, and some awesome teams. And they're all there, I guess, wanting to unleash the potential of the team. And my role in that is to help them fast track that development. And I love engaging with sales teams across a wide spectrum of different industries. And I've got to say that the very, very vast majority of the sales leaders and the organizations have their customers' best interests at heart. But there's, and this is not necessarily always the sales leaders or the sales team's fault, but there's a consistent theme or a consistent element, though, that 
sits amongst most organizations and it's this propensity to talk and introduce about their product or their service far too early in the buyer's purchasing cycle. And I've got to say, from my own experience as a sales leader, I have often been one of the biggest corporates of this. Now, one of the things we we talk about all the time around um, around sales is whatever product or service you are selling, you do have to have an innate belief in what you're selling. So you've got to recognize that there is something that that product or that service can offer to the marketplace. But there's one thing we also need to understand, and that is that your customers do not want your product and they do not want your service. Now, that might sound controversial, and particularly when I raise that amongst sales teams, some of them take a little bit of an offense to that. But when they understand what my, what my actual point is, they start to get a bit of a bit of an understanding and if they're really brutally honest with themselves, they'll start to realize that they too are caught up in the spell that most salespeople are and that is, let's go and talk about our product, let's go and talk about our service because that will wow and convince and influence the customers to make the decisions that we want them to make. But it's all geared around product features and product benefits and service features, service benefits. What your customers actually want is a solution to either a known problem or a problem that has been identified only having a conversation with you. Now, I talk about this all the time, and that is sales is the ultimate form of service, and at its core, what uh, what sales is, is strategic problem solving. So if you're thinking about it, whatever the problem is that your customer wants to solve, they'll be in some sort of um, mental state to want to start looking for a solution to that problem. They may not know what the exact solution to that problem is, and they may have to do some investigation to try and verify whether the problem they think they have is actually a problem or whether it's a perceived problem. They don't go looking out for uh, certain products or certain services. So if you go to go to Bunnings, for example, and Bunnings is a big, big uh, organization, hardware organization here in Australia, you don't necessarily go in looking for a specific hammer or you don't go in looking for a specific uh, brand of shovel. Unless, of course... You're an absolute uh, <laughs> product junkie and you just love these particular products. What you have is a problem. There is something that needs to be done. Now, whether it be hanging something up on the wall or you need to plant some trees or you need to lay some agricultural pipe, whatever the case might be, you then need to see, see okay, what is the solution that I need? Well, somehow I have to be able to dig a trench in order to lay the pipes. Now, in order to do that, what do I need? Well, I need a shovel. So you don't wake up one day with no need to dig a trench because you don't have any pipe to lay. You don't wake up one day and simply say, oh, I think I might go to Bunnings and buy a shovel. That is ridiculous. You're only going to be buying a shovel when there is a need for that shovel because you have, you have a problem you need to solve. Now, if we take that as a really basic example and flip that in terms of business-to-business sales, why is it that 99.9% of all salespeople and all sales leaders get to the product or they get to the service discussion far too early in the conversation? Is it because they've done little preparation? Is it because they just believe that they think that their product or their service is the best product on the marketplace and the customers will simply fall over themselves to want to actually purchase their product? What is it? Because I'm guilty of this. Um, I've done this for many years in my sales and sales leadership career until I realized that it was not about the product and I needed to find a way to differentiate myself and also differentiate my team. Now, what's fascinating about this is when I talk to sales teams about this and I, and I put this on the table, I sometimes get some really perplexed looks as if to say, 
And I've actually had a few people ask me this direct question. So if I don't talk about products, and if I don't talk about my service, what am I going to talk about? And it's a really interesting question. Because I've got to say, the vast majority of people have never thought about that. What they've thought about, because they've been so heavily brainwashed to believe that their product or the service is the elixir, it is the product, they actually go out there with almost like a retrospective uh, fit purpose. So we'll take our product and we'll try to retrospectively fit it into a particular perceived need or a need that we might be able to create and it becomes a push sale. And any any wonder why salespeople and sales organizations uh, for all intents and purposes have a fairly ordinary, and it's a generalization I know, but a fairly ordinary reputation out there in the marketplace. We've got to do something completely different. So if we think about this, what is it we should start to do? And what did I start to do when I realized this? Well, instead of not talking about the product or the service, I started thinking about what is the business that I'm actually going to have a conversation with and how can I start to craft some business-based questions that could be asked to understand just a little bit more about the customer situation and how that situation was having an impact on them. Now, I remember back in the day, back in the late 90s, one of the killer questions you'd always ask your customers, first of all, tell me all about your business because that's showing a genuine curiosity and an interest in your business. And for most parts, the customer would, would verbally vomit all over you in terms of giving you all this information about about their business and about their, what keeps them up at night and stuff like that. And then the next question you'd ask is, is literally that. What keeps you up at night or what is the challenge you're trying to trying to solve? Now, those two questions were geared as, I guess, two introductory questions to be almost like a springboard to launch into the solution we're going to provide. But it was simply two questions that you kind of applied lip service to. And certainly this was my experience because really the crux of the, of the purpose of the conversation was to get the product or the service in front of the customer as quickly as possible and look for opportunities where we could retrofit that to make sure we give ourselves an opportunity of closing the deal. Now, most part, that didn't necessarily work. And I, I guess if you ask those sort of questions today, uh, what keeps you up at night and certainly what's going on in your business, tell me about your business, most people will not necessarily give you uh, a huge amount of information because you need to have done some research before you get in there because if you don't already know this, a lot of your customers are already doing some research before you see them, and most of them have already made a decision as to whether they're going to do business with you or whether they're going to do a business with a competitor. So they do their research and a lot more educated uh, than they were, say, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So what we have to start doing is thinking about, well, how do we ask some questions around the business? And I talk a lot about uh, this concept of being having an attractiveness to to your customer base. So thinking about what makes your customers attractive, and this is this is not a definitive, I guess, process. But thinking about for your particular industry and your particular customer set, what is it about your customers that make them attractive to you? And also, what sort of changes or what sort of triggers might be happening in the industry that might lead them to have to make some sort of change? or to make some form of decision that moves them forward, moves their business forward, from which you might be able to provide a solution to them. So the thing, the thing is, it can no longer just be based on a product or a service conversation. Customers today expecting you to have much more of an educated business decision, and they're also expecting you to know a lot more about their business than perhaps you needed to know even as little as five years ago. But even with that, the urge to jump in and talk about your products and your services they're going to be intense. And a funny thing that I found, the more I resisted the temptation, the more information I was able to obtain from a customer. 
And over time, something else intriguing started to happen as well. The customers started asking me a lot more questions about possible solutions. And in other words, they started to lean in and generate genuine buying signals, which often led to a valuable business transaction. So I want you to sit down and think about right now for you and your sales team. And if you're an individual contributor right now, just think about the conversation you've been having over the last couple of weeks and just review those particular conversations. How much of that conversation, and when you talk about an hour's conversation or half an hour, just think about it as in terms of a percentage point. What percentage of that conversation was going to be based on you talking about your product or your service and almost trying to convince them that your product, your service would be the best thing for them in their current situation versus what percentage of a time do you sit back and think, you know what, I'm not going to talk about my product. I'm actually going to ask some curious based questions and find out as much as I possibly can about this particular customer's business, how they fit into the business, what are some of the challenges they're facing, what are some of the challenges they've faced over the last three months, but also what are some of the challenges that they think they're going to face over the next 30, 60, 90 days plus. Because what that can do is give you some really good information from which to build a solution, which is now going to be significantly more targeted than if you just lead in with your product and your service. Now, as you're sitting here listening to this, you're probably sitting here thinking to yourself, yeah, this is 100% common sense and logical, and you are absolutely correct. But if you were to do some analysis on your sales team, and if you were to do some analysis on your own performance in relation to your sales calls, I guarantee you that your product conversations, service conversations will be heavily weighted as compared to talking simply about the customer's business. So one of the challenges I often ask, I often issue sales teams, and I'm going to issue this this week, and that is, uh, can you go through conversations this week and you can sit down and say, well, I've got 10 conversations I'm going to have. Can you have seven of those conversations this week and not talk about your product at all? It's a question I uh, I asked a couple of sales teams a few weeks ago, and many of them looked at me as if I was a, an alien from a different universe because it's simply not something they're used to not doing. Always thinking about their product, always thinking about their service. So I said to them, hey, if you can go through and have just the next four conversations you have with your customer, I want you to resist the temptation and not talk about your product. Now, if they happen to ask you, the customer asks you about your product or your service, then at that particular moment, you can think about, you know, do I answer that question? Or if I do answer that question, how do I give them a little bit more information, but then follow it up immediately with a question that is going to be relevant to that particular business? Because what this starts to do is it starts to build the muscle around us being significantly more curious, understanding a lot more about what the actual problems are that exist within this customer's business. And then what you'll find is the customer will start to ask you questions about, do you have a possible solution to this problem. Because remember that if we can articulate a problem that a customer has better than they can, what they will do is almost unconsciously, they will attribute to you as to having a solution for that particular problem and then we'll be doing them a disservice if we didn't provide that solution to them. So whether you're selling widgets, whether you're selling technology, whether you're selling real estate, whether you're selling cars, always think about what is the problem that the customer is wanting to solve or what is the problem that the customer needs to solve that only becomes obvious once they have a conversation with you. And then you choose and you decide as to when you deliver the information that is going to be pertinent to that particular customer's problem. So if you do that, you just may be surprised at what responses you get 
but also what your customer starts to think about you and they'll end up starting to lean forward and they'll be doing the purchasing and you will not be doing the selling. So there's your challenge for this week. Identify how many calls you're going to be making, how many conversations you're going to be having and set yourself a target for a percentage, whether that be 50% or 75% or even go as high as, you know what, 100% of the calls I'm going to make this week, I'm going to resist the temptation to proactively talk about my product and my service. And instead, I'm going to be starting to ask uh, what sort of curious-based business questions that I can ask this customer to get more and more information to be more of a strategic problem solver. So there is your challenge. Can you and your sales team resist the urge this week? So I trust that message helps and I trust that message reaches you just at the right time. If I can uh, also remember, if I can be of service to you, either helping you become an exceptional sales leader or also working with your sales team and helping extract even more potential out of what they're capable of, love to have a conversation about how I might be able to help do just that. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits, we'll jump on Zoom, chat about where you're at right now in your leadership, where the team's at, what you're looking to achieve over the next 30 plus, 60 plus, 90 days, and uh, map out a plan. And uh, let's get uh, into execution mode. So very much look forward to that conversation. I wish you and your team a phenomenal sales week this week. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.